Welcome to Clarity Connects, where we talk about the human essence in brands. I am your host, Tusef Mirza. All of us wants to create impact, but in this day and age of information overload and technology, it's really easy to feel lost. So it's crucial to get back to basics in order to gain the clarity we need to steer in the right direction. When it comes to brands, let's not forget who we are creating these brands for, for human beings. Therefore, understanding human attributes is essential. The topics that we will be covering will range from personal branding, corporate branding, leadership, team building, and marketing. We will also give ourselves the space to contemplate on how to best utilize the power of branding, marketing, and business to create profitability and positivity for the good of the world. Thank you for joining me. And now let's explore how Clarity connects for creating true impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Clarity Connects podcast. I am your host, Tusef Mirza. So today, I am going to be your host and your guest, and I'm going to be talking about personal branding from the inside out. In this episode, we're basically going to go over a foundational element and sort of like a top-line roadmap on what is personal branding and how you can use it for your own endeavors. So when people think about personal branding, they usually think about social media, they also talk about blogs, and just everything that is content creation. Personal branding is much broader than that. The way that I like to define it is that social media is really just about 15 to 20% of personal branding, and that the core is really about having clarity on who you are, what you want, and how you want to show up in the world in order to become content and connect and influence people that you want to influence. So really, personal branding starts with you, hence the notion of inside out. So before we focus on personal branding, let's take a step back and talk about branding itself. Because there's a lot of confusion. Um, it's sort of like an abstract term. People use brand and branding um, all the time. But not a lot of people understand the full breadth and depth of what branding really is. So some people think it's a logo, that branding is a logo, or that it's the product itself. And it's those things and so much more. So let me just tell you a broad definition of what is a brand. So a brand is what people think, feel, say, perceive about a product or service, entity, or person, and the way that they perceive that entity or person or product or service depends on the experiences and engagements that they have with that person or entity. So, for example, if you meet somebody for the first time, you'll have an impression about them right away. And that's really what a brand is, is when you look at somebody and you have an idea of, oh, they seem to be smart, or they seem to be reserved, or they seem to be creative. So in a way, you can look at branding, like we say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, branding is also in the eye of the beholder. So by understanding that perspective, the way we can define personal branding is how people perceive you. So I'll say it again. The definition 
of personal branding in a nutshell is how people perceive you. So you might think, well, okay, so if personal branding is how people perceive me, then why should I even bother looking into this? Because people are going to make their minds about me and that's out of my control. Well, this is where the power of branding lies and why starting from the inside out is so important. The key is really to figure out how you want to be perceived so that when you show up in the world, you are perceived or people perceive you the way you want to be perceived. So today I'm going to be um, talking about personal branding within a framework that I call my three C's. So C1 is your character. It's all about you. C2 is about your customer. And that's really about the people that you are trying to connect with or influence. And C3 is your competition. It's the people that might want to achieve the same things that you want or connect with the people that you are also trying to influence. So now let's dig into each one of them more closely. So C1 is character. And I'm going to be spending a little bit more time on this pillar because it's really the core of where everything begins. The main questions to ask for C1 is who are you? What is important to you? What do you want to accomplish? It's all about becoming self-aware about your desires and what makes you feel content. I know that these are monumental questions, like saying, who am I? And it's okay to start where you are because you will evolve over time. But at least what I can do here is give you a few exercises that can help you connect in terms of understanding better who you are and have more clarity in terms of inherently what turns you on and makes you content. So the first exercise that I'm proposing is that you name three people that you admire and look up to consistently and ask yourself why. Why do you look up to these people and how do they make you feel? This is going to help you understand the attributes that you would also most likely would like for yourself. Because the people that we look up to and what they represent, a lot of times means is something that we are also yearning for. A second exercise is more about understanding your talents. You could ask three people that you know, a coworker that knows you, a friend or somebody from your family, and you can ask them, when you think about me, what is something that you think I do well? And the reason why I'm asking you to do this exercise is, yes, sometimes people know their talents really early on. If, you know, they start playing the piano really well at the age of four and people say, oh, my God, you're so great at this, um, at, the, at, at the piano, and then you realize that you're talented. But a lot of times what happens with talents is that we do them with such ease and effortlessness that we just think that everybody should be finding this easy because it's easy for me. So we actually have a tendency of not realizing what our true talents are. But people who know us do see it. So that's why it's important to ask around 
And it's very good information for you to tap into that you can use to propel yourself forward. The third exercise is to respond to the following question, which is, what is your definition of success? You might think, well, success for me means to have this amount of money at the end of the year. It could be about um, being in a romantic relationship, getting married, having children, uh, going up the ranks in a certain company. All those um, ideas are great. If that is really what your definition of success, and what I mean by success is contentment and what brings meaning into your life. Because a lot of times what happens is if we don't really sit down and self-reflect and do some self-exploration on what really makes us content, we have a tendency to just latch on of what society thinks of what success is. And we just sort of fall on that default. So you might say, for example, you set a goal and then you reach that goal, but it didn't really do anything for you. Or, you know, you were happy about it for momentarily and then, you know, you were done. I know I've, I've had that situation. So it's, it's then it's to really understand, well, is that really what was important for me or, or am I missing something here? And uh, one book that's been helpful for me that I would recommend, and I can put that in the show notes as well, is a book by Danielle Laporte. It's called The Desire Map. And um, her philosophy in that book is that instead of um, putting goals and trying to reach those goals, What's more important, and usually why we actually establish goals, is because once we reach that goal, we want to feel a certain way. So Danielle Laporte's whole perspective is that what's more important is to become clear on the feelings that you want to feel. And then you retroactively pinpoint the goals that will help you feel or let you feel the way that you want to feel. As far as I'm concerned, C1 character, this pillar, is the most important part about personal branding. Because once you understand better who you are and what is meaningful for you and what does it mean to you to reach your highest potential, it's only at that point that you can really set the course of all your efforts in the right direction. All right, so let's move on to C2, which is customer. So now we're going to switch the focus from you to the people that you want to influence. And at that point, the main questions to ask is, what value are you bringing to the customer? Why should they care about what you're offering? And even before answering those questions, the primary question to ask is, who is your customer? Identify your customer. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people skip that, and they just start to create content or create a product but it's important to identify the customer that you have. So for example, if you're looking for a job, your customer is the employer, the person who is interviewing you. If you're a podcaster, such as myself, my customers are listeners, listeners who are interested in branding, marketing, or business, and want to understand a more of a human edge to it. Another example is if you are a florist, 
then your customers are people who want to buy flowers to express something emotionally. It could be expressing their love. It could be about grief. It could be about giving flowers for someone to get well soon. But all of these customers, what they have in common is they're trying to express emotionally by giving flowers to somebody else. So when it comes to personal branding and you're looking at your customer and you're trying to understand what value do you bring to them, I think it's important to state the point is not to change yourself depending on who is your customer, but instead is to position your attributes to highlight and accentuate certain facets of who you are and what you offer depending on the needs of the customer. So it's all about positioning and accentuating certain parts. So one aspect I want to talk about here about personal branding is that you already have a personal brand. Whether you know it or not, the way that you show up, the way that you dress, the way that you communicate, you're already showing up in a certain way and people perceive you in a certain way. And you might think, well, that that's not cool because, you know, it means everybody's judging me all the time. But in a way, when you think about it, this is how we've been able to evolve as human beings. We've been doing this for tens and thousands of years by looking at somebody and making quick sort of judgment and impression of, okay, do I trust this person? Am I safe? Um, is that person friendly? So this is really a survival mechanism. And research has shown that in the first five to 10 seconds, that's when people already have an impression of who you are. So body language and presence in the first few moments is really important. And uh, one video that's actually really um, insightful in terms of tapping into your confidence so that you can show up the way you want to show up is Amy Cuddy's video on power posing. And I will put that also in the show notes. It's basically the Wonder Woman pose, and it's a lot of fun to do also. All right, so for the third C, C3, that's competition. And it's all about what makes you different from other people that are going after the same thing that you're going after or that are trying to influence the people that you are also trying to influence. And here again, it's all about positioning and making sure that you're highlighting the special attributes, special parts of you, so you can stand out. And you can do this by doing research into your competition and really accentuating your uniqueness. So now let's put all of these notions together. Since personal branding is how people perceive you, now you can try to answer the question, how do I want to be perceived? And you can do so by filling out a personal branding statement. So let me just tell you the, the formula of how it looks like, and I'll give you an example afterwards. So the personal branding statement can be, I am a blank. So this is what you're trying to achieve or who you are. So I am a blank, and I want to be perceived as XYZ. So XYZ can be attributes or adjectives in terms of how you want to be perceived. So I am a blank and I want to be perceived as XYZ for blank. And the last blank is about 
identifying the customers that you're trying to influence. So I'll give you an example. My own. I am a podcaster, and I want to be perceived as being genuine, open, and luminous for my listeners who want to learn and be inspired by the human essence and brands. So you see I have three adjectives there, which is genuine, open, and luminous. And I've chosen those not just based on who I am on the character, but also from a positioning standpoint, for, from the customer standpoint, and from a competition standpoint. So now that you have a personal branding statement, you can use this to anchor yourself. And so you know how to consistently show up in the world and how to create content and how to engage from that perspective. And it's, and it's rooted really in terms of what makes you content and what is meaningful. So learning about yourself, you know, can be a really lifelong and beautiful journey. So what I'm explaining right now in the personal brand statement, this is not set in stone. It can evolve over time and can change as you learn more about yourself, as you learn more about your customer, or maybe your customer is different, and your competition. I wanted to talk also a few words about social media because a lot of people ask me about that. So I'm in the camp that you don't have to be on all the social media channels because there's only 24 hours in a day. I would say pick two to three channels that make sense to you by looking into which ones that actually bring you joy in creating content on that platform that you like to be on that platform, even consuming content. And depending also what it is that you're creating so that you can access your customers in terms of reaching them. So I'll give you an ex a few examples. If you are a writer and you enjoy being on Twitter, Twitter can be a good option. It's a place where you can share articles, where you can pull some quotes from your writing and create like small images and post them. If we go back to our example of a florist, and if you enjoy Instagram, probably Instagram would be a good option for you because it's just so visual and you could show all your flowers and show all your audience about all the amazing flowers and products that you have. Another example is that if you are looking for work, if you want to change careers or if you are a student, then at that point, the primary place for social media would be on LinkedIn because that's really the social media platform for career building. And that's where you have a lot of people who are engaging on conversations about career development that you can comment on, where you could maybe put a blog post, where you could follow people and have engagement. So I hope that this was helpful and that it sheds light a little bit more on what personal branding is and how you can use it and that it's more than just social media. And I really do feel that it's important to take the time to self-reflect and to know yourself and embrace who you are. What I've really learned over the years is that it's really first by connecting with ourselves and by knowing ourselves and by loving ourselves that it's really then that we can genuinely better connect with others. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. À bientôt.